Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Truly appreciate it. And if you like what we do as we cover the world of pop culture every week, every day, please go ahead and support us on all of our social media and go ahead and subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. But it's always a special time for us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos when this man returns. He is the mastermind of all things barbecue. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at smokinghotconfessions.com. That's right. You start there. The adventure, the barbecue adventure starts there at smokinghotconfessions.com. And then you go into the social media. I'll give you guys a heads up out there. Smoking Hot Confessions. Join the group on Facebook. You'll see a ton of pictures. You'll be really hungry after you see it. But it's awesome indeed. The support of that community is so great. And here's the man himself. Also, subscribe to his new channel on YouTube as well. He's been rocking some great videos, so check that out as well. It is Ben Arnault. Ben, always great to have you back, my friend. Dr. Ben Arnault, the doctor of barbecue, is in the house today. Oh, I don't think we can call me the doctor of barbecue, mate. I think that name's already been snapped up by by somebody over in Florida. I can't remember his real name, but he's known as Dr. Barbecue. Okay, well, the doctor of barbecue, we can't get you with the oven there, because I will be going into therapy. I will be leaning back on the couch, telling you my problems, because I'm nervous, because in a couple weeks, the Super Bowl, oh, I'm sorry, it's copyrighted, the big game is coming up, and I will need some brisket advice for an outstanding barbecue, because if you're hosting a Super Bowl party like I am, you want the best brisket that you can get. And of course, there's no one better to go ahead and give that kind of advice than doctor a barbecue. Remember, I made sure to put the oven there. It is Ben Arnell. Ben, though, first, you and I both, as admirers of pop culture, are keenly looking at what's going on with the developing story that is Warner Brothers and DC and how this new DCEU may unfold. There's still some like side stuff going on. The Batman stuff with Matt Reeves has been confirmed to still continue. The Joker movie with Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix still underway. That's still going to go ahead and, and progress through. Some of the films that are already in the can because of, by their very nature, the costs still have to come out like Aquaman 2, The Flash, Flashpoint, whatever you want to call it. Those movies still have to come out. There's still the series which are relating to Matt Reeves as far as TV shows for The Penguin and Commissioner Gordon. Those still have to come out. But with James Gunn and Peter Safran now in control, with all that side stuff going on, they want to still create their own new universe, which is still going to confuse the heck out of people the first couple of years. I'm just going to kid you, you know, just telling you with all that other stuff going on. But what if you were in the shoes of Peter Safran and James Gunn, and you walked onto the Warner Brothers lot and said, I'm taking over the DC Universe. Where would you start? What would you cut out? Who would you leave in? Would you get rid of everybody? Name me all the things, and we've got plenty of time. We've got a full hour to devote to it. Your thoughts on how you would shape the DC Universe. All right, so top of my head there's been talk a long time about like a dc marvel crossover and you know would that ever be possible blah 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 and now they've just announced deadpool 3 and there's there's talk of it being uh like you know a deadpool kills the fox marvel universe what if deadpool 3 was deadpool kills the snyderverse impressive that would as well on the side because obviously marvel dc crossover yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, their agenda, because of the merger between the Fox and the entertainment part, as far as the, the films and television, that got absorbed by Disney. So what better way to go ahead and finally just put a stamp on it, or in this case, a slash, than Deadpool. And to even furthermore, since you would want to have good relations with Marvel, what a, that's actually a good way to start. Why not try to just slash the D, you know, the Snyderverse 
Zack Snyder's gone. He's directing Rebel Moon later this year on Netflix. He's he's gone. He's he's done with DC apparently. He already showed what he would have done in, in Justice League two and three out there on the internet, and obviously that's not going to ever happen. So yeah, why don't you wipe the slate clean with that? When would you release that though? Because again, the Snyderverse is still out there with the Flashpoint movie that's coming out and Aquaman 2. Would you keep those movies on the schedule? Would you keep those movies on the plate? Or would you go ahead and Deadpool slash those movies as well? Well, here's, here's where I sort of, uh, you know, t- take my joking answer there at the start and kind of break it down a little bit. So I don't think that we ever would actually see Deadpool kills the Snyderverse. But I think that the concept, that that's a concept that needs to be borrowed, that that storyline, because it's, it's, it's similar to that situation um, where it just the timeline is shorter. So uh, Marvel's had a long time between the last Fox Marvel movie and the straight Marvel, the, the solely Marvel movies. And the Snyderverse DC has this problem where they're basically, uh, as, as you've just said, there's all these movies lined up and TV shows that are going to be released and all that sort of thing at the same time. So I think what I would be doing is I would, for the TV shows, if they haven't started production yet, I think I'd have to say, sorry, we're putting a line through them. The movies that are already shot and in the can and almost finished editing. So there's The Flash and there's Aquaman 2. If it were me, I would be moving The Flash to the end so that The Flash is the last one to come out after Aquaman 2. And The Flash is the wrap-up movie. And it becomes the Flash kills the Snyderverse. So you'd like so, to say a Flashpoint, and at the very end, Flash just goes into such a, a fast motion that everything just fades to black, and then you start off with with a, a whole clean slate per se. Is that what you're saying? Yep. yep. But then that would mean you would probably want to put the Batman, whatever Matt Reeves is doing, and also the Joker in front of that as well. It just because it seems to me like they're by having them out there even though it's in a different area it's still confusing to the average moviegoer yeah for me i'd leave matt reeves batman and the joker out of it altogether and just let them be their own separate things um i think both those movies were so good and they were so well made that mm-hmm. to try and push them into one universe would just would cheapen them if would you, if that would makes you sense them- like i don't well, would you let them play out first and then do the Flashpoint movie? No, no, no. I'd I'd run them at the same time. I'd have the the Matt Reeves trilogy stick to its own production schedule, do its own thing. The uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker series have that do its own thing, do whatever it wants. Let that play out. There's there's a lot of people out there who want to see the Joaquin Joker and the uh, Matt Reeves Batman in the one film. I don't even want that. Like leave them completely their own series. You know, let, let's not even give the Joker a Batman. Let's give him some wannabe vigilantes who he ends up just destroying at the end. Um, but, let you know, like, you, but let me ask you this. Do you think that the by their very existence, those movies provide some confusion to the average moviegoer? That yes, they know, would. To, to anything going on the DCEU? Because, you know, you and I know that they're in separate universes, but to try and explain that to the average moviegoer is kind of hard. Whereas in Marvel, everything is all tied together. Yes. Yes. I, I, I will see that point. That is a very good point. That is a very valid point. And there's, there's no way around it unless, you know, you either scrap Joker two and Batman two and all that and just plow through, do the flashpoint, change everything and then start again. Could you just let them play out? Could you have them film? like let's say Batman two and three in 23 and show them off in 23 and 24 and then end the flash in like the end of 24 or early 25. If they could do them back to back and, and get them all edited and all that, that quickly. Seems um, worse for James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, he, he, he did have what a 14 year uh, head start between avatar one and avatar two and three. Great point. Um, <laughs> so uh you know we don't want to see uh such a great movie like the first matrix and then they try and rush the next two 
and you get Matrix 2 and 3 and they're just well, not a patch on the first one. Revisiting it 20 years later it didn't really help that much either. No, no. I'd, I watched that one and I just went, so what? It's pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. So, I mean, you're, I'm just helping you plan these things out. As, as someone, I'm just throwing these sad things up. Yes, I would never want to take out, you know, and just cancel Matt, what Matt, Matt Reeves is doing yeah. after the critical reception. And, uh, you know, it's about $750, $800 million worldwide for, for Batman, which is pretty good. Yeah. It's not it's not the greatest selling or box office back, Batman hit ever, but still, eight hundred million and worldwide acclaim. That I think you take as a great start off for this Batman. I know you and I had some reservations about, you know, oh. Sparkles Batman and all that, but I think that's a great start for for this Batman. I was going to say I was the biggest skeptic. You can go back mm -hmm. and listen to me on these previous episodes with you, like talking with you two or three years ago about this, and I was the biggest skeptic. I was like, what? Like Edward Cullen as Batman? Come on, please. Look, I, I was happy to be proven wrong. I was so happy to be proven wrong. And so I really don't want to see that get pushed aside. I was never really into the idea of the Penguin TV show and the Commissioner Gordon TV show. It felt a little bit, uh, particularly the Commissioner Gordon one, I felt was going to go a bit Gotham-y. It had a bit of that, it could have gone that way. Something that they may have already done uh, with the Fox television show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Penguin TV show, like, yeah, Colin Farrell was, was pretty good as the Penguin, but the Penguin in that film was a side character, and then making that side character the spin-off of a, like, sorry, the, the lead of a TV show, I mean, yes, it worked for Peacemaker, mm -hmm. but I think Peacemaker is the exception to the rule. I mean, would a, would a TV show based around Mantis work um would a, a tough ask would a tv show around wonder woman's boyfriend captain steve kirk trevor. yes steve trevor <laughs> captain it, kirk yeah <laughs> it's it's chris pine but it is yes uh, sorry yeah 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 chris pine steve yeah, trevor. Yeah. yes yeah yeah That's, i mean that would like, be a would, tough ask as well yeah exactly yeah i mean you know great side character great supporting character great acting work in there my wife didn't even realize that it was Colin Farrell until we got out of the cinema and I told her and she went, what? So, I mean, Great. you know, that, like yeah. the, yeah. the transformation was really good, but yeah. could I watch a whole series of that? I don't know. Because it would be more like a, almost like a mafia show, an underground crime drama, something like that. Yeah, I mean, but then would a, would a character like, um, like the Penguin work in a TV show like Sopranos? I mean, the whole Tony Soprano thing, he, he was so successful because everyone could relate to that character. He was, he was like an everyman who sort of found himself in that situation and, you know, doing what he had to do to, you know, keep his family alive and rah, 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 rah. And the Penguin's just a dirtbag. I mean, do we really care about a dirtbag? That's true. That's true. So... But you would keep the, the Matt Reeves universe. You would keep the, the Joker universe somewhere along those lines. But, they, you know, the, the movies have to be finished. Those movies would have to be something that's included and would not be scrapped. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And once again, I'm on with Ben Arnault with Smoking Hot Confessions, asking him if he were in charge of the DCU, how would he proceed? One thing I do want to ask, though, is before you, know, you talked about flip-flopping the movies with Aquaman 2 with Jason Momoa and leaving The Flash as the final resting point for this whole DC, the Snyderverse, everything to just blow it up after that. I do want to mention, though, that uh, Jason Momoa recently, last week, had some discussions with James Gunn and Peter Safran and has uh, pretty much confirmed that he will be staying on as Aquaman for as long as he likes, plus playing additional roles in the universe. And the most widely rumored, according to the Internet, is for Lobo the Lobo character for him. One of the things I want to ask, would you go about it in the same way that they're doing 
I don't know why he's the only one that's being kept out of the original Justice League because we're pretty much going to guess that, for the most part, Ben Affleck's done. Gal Gadot, we already know, is done. Ray Fisher, we don't know his status yet, but because of his hard feelings with Joss Whedon and how that went down, he may or may not be brought back. I really thought he was pretty good as Cyborg, but unfortunately we'll never get to see his character truly materialize. And then there's Ezra Miller. But if you're the big boss, how would you go ahead and handle it? I mean, as far as this DC crew that's out there, the core five of the Justice League, how would you play that out? You've got them up in the uh, in the background here behind us. So, I mean, my, my left to right would be starting with Gal Gadot. So, I mean, personally, I'm... I love the first Wonder Woman film. I thought it was absolutely amazing. And for every bit as good as Wonder Woman 1 was, Wonder Woman 2 disappointed me. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why they wouldn't be super eager to go for a Wonder Woman 3. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Now, it's a shame because I think Gal Gadot was, was great as Wonder Woman. Um, you know, you surf the internet through all the, you know, different movie websites and that and you see all the different actresses that have been kitted up in the outfit and that and you just go oh thank god that didn't happen thank god that didn't happen and you, you look at gal gadot and you go right they got that right um that was really good so i'm i'm look overall i think i'd have to say i'm disappointed not to see a wonder woman 3 mm-hmm. however i can understand the decision not to proceed after the absolute lambasting that uh that Wonder Woman 2 got by the critics. And also by the fans as well. It debuted and was a day and date HBO Max release. And it was uh, pretty much trashed on by the fans as well. It is not a good film by any no. stretch. No, no, it's, uh, it's not impressive. There really wasn't anything uh, Im- impressive there at all. So moving along there, the, the next one there's Cyborg. Now, as you said, we haven't really seen him since... Uh, well, actually, we haven't seen him at all since the Justice League Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. And when I first watched the Whedon cut of Justice League, I didn't even I didn't even understand why Cyborg was there. And I think you and I have had this discussion before. Mm-hmm. His storyline was cut so much, and the final sequences were cut so hard and so fast that I didn't even understand why Cyborg was there. And it wasn't until I sat down and I watched the Snyder cut of Justice League, I went, ah, okay, now I understand why he's there. He's actually probably the most important one. <laughs> like he's he's the one that's that that's interfacing with the device and holding it all steady while Superman blasts it to death or whatever it was he did. So like it actually made sense. He's got so many different developments happening in his own character anyway. You know, a young man coming into adulthood the being a football star kid to suddenly being a superhero. We've seen that pay off in Shazam. You know, you got the kid trying to be a superhero and there's that angle on it. And that's nice as well. Now I'm not saying I think Cyborg should be a comedic character like Shazam. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying that that kind of naturally occurring character development, like it's all there for him. It's all there. And I thought he did a great job as an actor. So I, I think that was a real shame the way that that ended. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the only people that know are Joss Whedon and him. Um, I think the rest of us are just getting, getting shades of versions of stories. Unfortunately, I really don't think we're going to see him back just because it's been so long since we last saw him. Yeah. Which then brings us to Batman, Batfleck. To be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan. As you've um, stated on this show before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd, I much preferred captain sparkle fingers as batman (laughs) shiny moody mopey emo vampire guy he really surprised me and did such a great job as batman but as i said i wouldn't want to see him in justice league Mm -hmm. if that makes sense i i think ben affleck worked well in a justice league movie so i i guess what i'm saying is i wouldn't want to see a standalone ben affleck series of movies i think Mm -hmm. he works in the justice league whereas the Edward Cullen, Batman, Robert Pattinson. Works. Robert Pattinson, yes. Sorry, <laughs> your your audience should know by now that I'm awful with names. No um, I'm like that guy in that film. He should do that and then that. Anyway, Robert Pattinson, I don't think would work in a team, mm-hmm. but maybe that's just because that character is so not a team player. Like he he barely even manages to live with Alfred. 
like that <laughs> that relationship i kept feeling like alfred was like god just fire me come on like <laughs> so i mean you know he he can't even live with alfred so I, I really can't see him working in a team of five but as the lone wolf like like i've always seen batman as the lone wolf and aside from the 1960s batman and robin i haven't even liked seeing him with robin i just like seeing him as the lone wolf in the night taking out criminals am i sad to see batfleck go no We'll put a pin in this next point and we'll come back to it in a minute because I'm sure it's on your list as well. One thing I haven't ha heard or read clarified yet and what's really got me worried is what's going to happen with uh, Michael Keaton's Batman because him coming back via the Flash film and Batgirl, now that had me excited. That I was really interested in. And we can probably circle that back to that in a minute because we're working our way through Justice League. Yeah. So leaving Batfleck behind, I got no issue with that. I'd be happy to see, you know, the Flash worlds, Flashpoint blends and, you know, Batfleck disappears and outsteps Michael Keaton. I'd be perfectly happy for that to happen. But Michael Keaton, do you really want him at, at age 70 or thereabouts heading up a new part of the DC universe? Yep. I think that'd be fantastic. As a Batman um, Beyond character. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, maybe then introduce like in, in a Michael Keaton's, series of films like solo films introduce uh terry terry mcginnis was he the new batman in batman beyond it's been so long since i've seen it yeah so he was he was training the young batman in that i think that was terry oh the character the character the character yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes yeah, yeah that's i believe that's 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 correct so. yeah so that would have been cool to see that happen so that then leaves us with with aquaman no we still got the flash aquaman is next but again, he is rumored to be staying and also playing additional characters. Would you do the same thing since you're already getting rid of all the other characters so far? Here's the thing. If you're going to be recasting these characters with new actors, I think, which he's already said he's going to do, he's going to bring in a younger Superman, a younger Batman. Sorry, he didn't say younger Batman. He just said younger Superman. He hasn't told us what he's doing with Batman yet. A different Wonder Woman. A different Wonder Woman. Yep, yep, yep. You've kind of got to do that through the flash. You've kind of got to do the, the, you know, the, the jitter cuts or the, the back to the future style, the character fades away and then fades back as someone else or, you know, something like that. You've either got to do it that way in my mind and Jason Momoa stops being Aquaman and starts being Lobo, or he's got to be gone altogether. I think it's going to be a bit confusing having him be Aquaman and at the same time, have him be Lobo. I mean, if you look at, he was in Deadpool 2, he was Thanos. I mean, jo oh, jo Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, yes. He was finished as Thanos before we saw him as Cable. Yes. That was and fine. That, was, that worked. That was, but it's also different because you barely know, I mean, only by voice do you really know Thanos is Josh Brolin. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Jason Momoa's look is what gets him the roles. Yeah. So, I mean... You know, Lobo, I think you would want to do more than just throw a bit of white face paint on Jason Momoa and call him Lobo. Hmm. So, I mean, could they make him look different enough? I don't think they'd go full CG like they did with Thanos, but they could, and they could differentiate it that way. Um, but I think, no, I know, I know. My wife told me the only reason she goes to see the Aquaman movies is because she likes to look at Jason Momoa. So if Jason Momoa doesn't look like Jason Momoa, they're going to be losing a lot of female dollars there. But if that's the case, Lobo as a character is a villain or an anti-hero to whoever movie he jumps onto. He would not be starring as Lobo. I don't think it would be a Lobo movie per se. It would be Lobo as a character, a villain character, playing off against whatever hero you throw him up against or heroes. Or you go the Venom route and you just give him bigger bad guys. There, there you go. That's a good point indeed. Mm. Uh, but, but Ezra Miller, uh, you know, obviously Ezra Miller's troubles are well documented. This one's a tough one. This one's a tough one. I like him as the Flash. Now, I I love the Flash TV show. I think it's too long in the tooth. I think they should have probably wrapped that up about three years ago. Mm -hmm. But I think Grant Gustin has done a great job as the Flash. However, great. I also love. Uh, Ezra Miller as the Flash as well. 
do I think Grant Gustin could step in and take over as the Flash? I don't think he's big screen enough to be able to carry a franchise. Um, See, I disagree. I think he'd okay. be given the opportunity. I think he would be able to to surprise some people, but that's just me. I, mm. I'm not the Flash show. I've not stayed with, consistently with, but it's not because of Grant Gustin. I think Grant Gustin has a charm, uh, a, a, a traits that people in he's endearing to a lot of people. He's endearing to an audience. I really think that that Grant Gustin, given the opportunity, become could become endearing to a crowd will is he going to be someone that's going to bring people in no but neither is ezra miller ezra miller is not the reason why people are going to go see flashpoint as far as you know him's name let's say the stuff all the stuff that's got him in the news aside the people were going to go see the flash character more than ezra miller when they talked about flashpoint and then how that sets up the rest of the dcu going forward well that is a good point i mean when they were first announced as the flash i didn't know who they were yeah so i mean that's that's a fair point that is a good point everybody knows the flash but uh, but n- not everybody knows ezra miller outside of all the all the hubbub of the last 18 months so as we've said before when you and i've been talking on the show here as much as i like their performance they can't stay yeah you can't uh, you, you can't grab a woman by the throat and scream at her in a bar and throw a chair at her yeah and be a role model to kids like you're not going to put toys of him on the shelves. Well, they so, actually, they kind of are. Yeah, I have issues with it. As do I, my friend. Yeah. As do I. So unfortunately, Ezra Miller's got to go. And I say unfortunately just from the point of the work that they've done with the character. And it's like people say about Michael Jackson, you know, hate the guy, but not the art, if that makes sense. But look, they can't stay. Yeah. They can't stay. So... I really think that something's going to happen in Flashpoint. And like I've said, maybe they're going to uh, back to the future in Michael J. Fox. He's going to fade out and fade back. You know, we're going to see his hands start to disappear. They actually started to do that a bit. I've just been catching up on the last of on, on the latest Flash season and mm-hmm. with Grant Gustin. And they've, I've just watched an episode about two nights ago. I'm, I'm behind. I'm, I'm well behind. Um, maybe episode four or five. And the reverse flash has gone back and he's made his own reverse flashpoint. Mm-hmm. And he's now the flash and Grant Gustin is reverse flash. And so everybody thinks Grant Gustin's the villain. And they actually do some of the, some of the Michael J Fox back to the future, like his hand starts to fade away and he's trying to grab stuff and can't grab it. And so it's either got to be like that, or you've got to have uh, that old TV show sliders yep. where you walk into a portal but then like a lightning bolt hits the portal and you walk out as someone else or something like that. They're going to have to do something like that because they can't dump the flash. Mm-hmm. The flash is too central to justice league, too big of a DC character to dump the character. They've got mm-hmm. to ditch the actor, but not the character. That's the tricky part. So they've got to come up with some way of doing that in flashpoint. That's not only going to fix the flash problem, but it's going to fix the, Snyder first moving into the James Gunn verse. Have they got a have they got a name for that yet? Gunn verse? No, not yet. No. But I'm sure they're thinking of something very quickly. You know, like <laughs> I said, he's going to be announcing something at the end of this month. What it is, we don't know as yet, but the future will start very soon indeed. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. But once again, I'm here with Ben Arnault. He's the man behind Smoking Hot Confessions. He will tell you all you need to know about Smoking Hot Confessions before we head on out, plus some advice on how to cook a better brisket before the Super Bowl comes up. But before we head on out, Wanted to go ahead and talk to you about some other characters. And then, once we're done with that, I want you to go ahead and think about 
what first set of films you would concentrate on, the first three or four that you would sit on, because I think that's what's going to be announced from James Gunn around the end of this month, as he has promised or said on social media. So I'm going to go ahead and hit up the last names on the list. Henry Cavill, Superman. Dwayne, Johnson's, Dwayne mm-hmm. Johnson's Black Adam. And then Shazam as the major characters that are left in this DCU Snyderverse relating type deal that will they stay or will they go? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. I, I forgot we hadn't even got to Superman yet. No, I was <laughs> saving that. Don't, don't what worry. A, what, do you want to leave him to last then? Do you want to talk about Black Adam first and Shazam? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Black Adam, of course, Dwayne Johnson, uh, you know, it's been heavily rumored how much of a power play he did towards the end of the year towards the changing of the guard from the old previous hierarchy of WB and how he wanted to control things more as far as his future with Black Adam, plus also bringing back Henry Cavill Superman and how he was really largely responsible for bringing him back in the universe till unfortunately James Gunn said he doesn't want Henry Cavill in his universe. But Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam, let's start with him. The movie returns weren't great. The critics didn't exactly were, you know, enjoy Black Adam. It earned all paltry $400 million, which depending on who you talk to, may or may have not made money for Warner Brothers. So I ask you, my friend, your thoughts first on Dwayne Johnson's Blackout. Ooh, okay. So I'll start with just talking about the movie itself. So I took mm-hmm. two 10-year-olds, two my son and his friend, mm-hmm. to watch the film. And mm-hmm. so I, I kind of watched it through their eyes mm-hmm. and we laughed, we, we were entertained for two hours. What more do you want? I don't think it was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. I don't think like I didn't walk away from it like the Snyder cut going, wow, that was like a work of art um, mm-hmm. or like the, the Batman even more so or Joker. Like I didn't come away from that film going, wow, I'm so glad I saw that. That was amazing. But did I take my kids to the movies? Did I have a good time? Did I laugh? Did I eat popcorn? Yes. So is it, a, was I happy with it as a tent pole? popcorn flick sure no worries i'm not waiting to watch it again to pick up all the things i missed like in the batman for example mm-hmm. so as a movie i thought it was okay i can see why they're not exactly looking to franchise it like i i don't know that i could see a black adam 2 coming out of it i feel like they'd really be forcing it to try and go for a black adam 2 before I get would to you keep the character? Would would Dwayne Johnson stay in the role going forward? Look, I mean, I think I probably would keep him, okay. but I don't think he will stay because I think, I think he wanted to make basically try and make Smite, Snyderverse the Rockverse. Mm-hmm. You know, all his all his little sort of smile out the corner of his mouth and his big eyebrow when he says, you know, there's there's going to be a change in the power hierarchy, rah rah. You know, I think that was a bit of like an inside nod of, you know, he's going to he's going to get everybody to pull their socks up and get their act together with his production company and blah, 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 blah. And for him to be saying things like that and acting like that, he must have had some reason to believe that that was what was going to happen. And so for them to come out suddenly and go, no, it's going to be James Gunn. I would imagine he would be quite put out. (laughs) <laughs> to, to, to put it very politely there's some other words i'd use but i don't know what your rating is on your show but i would be very unimpressed if it was me and i would be saying right fine see you later i'm out no worries shazam now with shazam, shazam i'd like to see stay he has said that he has got some good signs uh with peter and james saying that he has uh got possibly a good future head he has said he has told fans not to worry about his character. Yeah. Well, James Gunn likes those comedic edges and Shazam has a comedic edge. So uh, Gal Gadot, Cyborg, Batman, Aquaman, Flash, we haven't really seen comedy from them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few sort of smaller lighthearted moments in Aquaman, but overall it's still more in keeping with the Snyderverse kind of dark feel, mm-hmm. whereas Shazam is not. And we've also never seen Shazam interact with any of those five people. Mm-hmm. Now I know that uh, Superman did do a little walk on 
at the end of the first Shazam film, but which Superman was that? We never saw his face. You know what I mean? So there's that window is still being left open for him in my eye. I could see I could see his character fitting into a James Gunn universe more than I could see his character moving into a darkened Snyderverse. What about uh, Henry Cavill? Would you have kept him on or would you have told him what James Gunn and Peter Safran did ultimately is that he's not going to be their Superman going forward? Man, I feel so bad for him. I don't feel, feel so too bad, bad because, you know, he, he walked away from Superman and walked into Warhammer. Well, yeah. Yeah. And something I was reading today was that he's that they're looking like handing over some creative control to him at, at Amazon. So he's yeah. sort of moving into more of a producer type role as well. For, not the, just for this Warhammer series. Yeah. 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 And then also so, he's working on a Highlander reboot. So. Oh, I didn't bad. know about the Highlander one. From what I've seen and read, he, there's still that's still in the planning stages. So that could be something that's a reality as well. Okay, well, as long as they strike Highlander two, I'm happy with that. Yes, um, uh, that was. I please let's blot that out of my memory as well. That's <laughs> one of my top ten, top five worst films of all time that I've. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that as a teenager, so pumped after seeing Highlander one. You and I and, both. And then you know seeing it and then finally yes i finally got i get to sit down and watch highlander 2 and sit this going exactly what 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 they're they're aliens now what (laughs) that was so weird um special effects were awful i remember these the uh, bad guys were on uh, flying skateboards with wires that were attached and that you weren't supposed to see the wires all over the place and it was just like oh this is just bad bad stuff oh yeah yeah yeah. Getting back to Henry Cavill. Yes. Yes. So Henry Cavill, I, to be honest, I, I would have kept him. I liked him. I don't think he's had enough material to really show us what he could do with the character. hundred percent agree. Have said those same exact words myself. Yep. Yep. So when I had heard that they were, you know, we're going to go ahead with Man of Steel 2 and Henry Cavill's back and blah, blah, blah. I was really excited about that. Um, I thought Man of Steel was okay. I thought it could have been a bit better, but then to go from that to Batman versus Superman to Justice League, I sort of felt like Superman needs a bit more room to breathe on his own before putting him into a team. Because I mean, you know, I mean, I, I realize that we're talking about comic books here, and so you know, trying to be realistic, talking about comic book storylines is a bit is a bit silly. But does does Superman really need Justice League? Does he? Not really, unless he's in some type of peril. You know, with some kryptonite involved and all that. If Lex Luthor managed to outsmart Superman somehow, and the the rest of the Justice League is strong enough to beat Lex Luthor, then fine. I would always I, I as I said on this show before, I've always envisioned and hoped and dreamed for something I saw as a kid with the Justice League cartoon show, which was Battle of the Justice League stars against the 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 House of Villains, the groups of villains that against them so it'd be all the bad villains from the comic book dc world against all the the heroes of the dc world colliding together and that's something that i had always envisioned and hoped for and i thought at one time it was actually the hall of villains was actually going to be you know somewhat uh, i guess in vogue because of lex luthor and deathstroke coming together and actually mentioning the hall of villains and i got so excited and you know that was something again the Snyderverse uh, kind of just threw out after a while but yeah, now that's a that's a missed opportunity there, isn't it? How good would it have been to see? Um, oh God, I'm I'm going to mess. Well, think, ev- think of an Avengers Endgame where you have the moment where all the the heroes rushing against a, a opposing force, and all the opposing force was all these named villains. You know, with the Joker, Solomon Grundy, you know, Lex Luthor, you name it from from all the annals of DC Comics. That would have been something that I think would have been when truly special they may do it down the road you never know but again it's not going to be for a long long time but i was keep henry cavill's well like you said uh, he's not gotten the proper material so i would definitely give him a another shot in a new universe i really think that it's a missed opportunity but we'll see what happens there the last thing i want to do before we get to your movies that you would start off with to start a new slate is uh, the rest of the characters which would mainly be the suicide squad 
Mm. And of course, with with Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, she's had up and down success. She has been tremendous as the character, but her movies that she's been a part of have been hit and miss with The Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey. Uh, the last Suicide Squad was a hit and well thought of. And, and obviously that's what got Peter Safran and James Gunn the job is Peter Safran's work with other parts of the DC universe, but mainly with James Gunn in Suicide Squad, the latest version of it. So would you keep anything from the Suicide Squad? Obviously, Peacemaker is going to be a pivotal individual for it because he's a James Gunn favorite. And the Suicide Squad most likely in some form or fashion might be moving on as well with the DC, this new version of the DCU. But what would you do with the Suicide Squad? Well, I like the Suicide Squad, but the whole, the, the whole point of the Suicide Squad is that they're a different lineup every time. And James Gunn proved that point in the opening sequence where, you know, we saw uh, Boomerang get, get killed, Captain Boomerang. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we saw him die. We saw, uh, I, can I, can I talk yeah. about characters that got killed off? We saw yeah. Rick Flagg die. You know, I mean, that, that shocked me actually. I was like, no, he's not dead. That's just comic book dead. He'll be back. No, it, it looks pretty permanent. It looks yeah. like they, uh, like they've done it there, but that's kind of the whole point of the suicide squad. So as much as I really loved, I, I didn't like the first one the mm-hmm. like, just suicide squad or is it yeah the first one was suicide squad the most recent one is the suicide squad isn't that's it? correct yeah so suicide squad keep margot robbie get rid of the rest and 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 rick flag i like rick flag and of course you're keeping peacemaker oh yeah and now and now moving into the new one mm-hmm. of course keep keep peacemaker i thought he was great and, and he uh, obviously had a hit hbo series that you know obviously is very endearing to all the higher ups at Warner Brothers. Best thing I've seen in, on TV in years. That uh, that uh, that show. And how about a bit of foreshadowing with um, you know Superman and uh, Wonder Woman blacked out in that closing scene, mm. and we and we only see Aquaman and Flash. How's that for a bit of foreshadowing? There you go. Yeah, I did, that just occurred to me just then. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd like to see uh, like of the two movies, just keep those three. Well keep those two bring back one from the dead so right. keep margot robbie keep uh, peacemaker and bring back rick flag and uh you know i like i don't care take his brain put it in a robot body call him call him robocop oh, like i don't care just just bring him back robo flag Let, let's have robo flag or rick rick cop and uh, <laughs> but uh, i mean but it just in in terms of the practicality of it the suicide squad having a constantly changing roster it's, I don't think it's going to affect that franchise by having the Flashpoint change all these different characters up and move all these characters around. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of in keeping with the theme of that series anyway. Um, so I, I kind of don't see them as being too big of an issue. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. So I leave this to you as we finish our conversation. If Ben or No from the Smoking Hot Confessions ran the DCEU going forward, James Gunn in real life is going to be announcing something. Supposedly he's guaranteed or I don't know, we, you know, whatever he's promised, whatever you want to say by the end of this month, he's going to let people know the first projects that will be coming out of his envisioning of the DCEU going forward. Your thoughts, let's say three or four movies, uh, you know, what are three or four movies that you would want to start a Ben or no DCEU with? All right. So, this might upset some people, but Uh-oh. it's it, it, it's looping back to a point I said before. Hashtag release Batgirl because I want to see Michael Keaton. I see the Michael Keaton Batman and the Batgirl character relationship 
being similar to the Batman Beyond sort of storyline that we saw before. And I think that that could have been an interesting way of getting into the Batman Beyond storyline and getting a series of movies around uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. I think that that would be a great way to uh, to do that as well. Um, Shazam 3, I guess we'd be up to by that point because we're almost at Shazam 2 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're already getting trailers on the telly for that. So we'd be looking at Shazam 3. Great. Keep him as Shazam and change a couple of his brothers and sisters okay. as, as part of this flashpoint jumbling of and recasting all that sort of stuff. I think that's how you join those two storylines together to show that Shazam universe has merged with this new flashpoint continuum. Keep him, but change a few of the supporting ones. Um, I think that could work there. Um, yeah. I mean, Oh, here's an idea. So you could do an Aquaman three and you get rid of Amber Heard and get a new, get a new actress in as that character as part of this whole, uh, you know, flashpoint change up. I've already said I'm disappointed not to get Wonder Woman 3, but I think it's fair enough to let that go. But look, I yeah, what would I start with? Start with Batgirl. It's already done. There's enough there. There's enough of a tie-in, I think, with the with the Flashpoint movie between Michael Keaton in that film and Michael Keaton in Batgirl. Release that after the Flashpoint. You've already got it there. You've got time to fix up it to fix it up. Um, you know. It didn't work with Whedon, you know, finishing up the Snyder thing, but I thought it worked nicely with um, Ron Howard coming in to fix up Solo. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I loved it. I thought it was great. thought the first um, 10 minutes was trash. rest of the movie's okay. I, I didn't yeah. mind it at all. But that just thought the first part of it was really bad. But yeah, once you get beyond that, it's 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 a pretty decent movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought that... Aiden, Aiden Eidenreich. That's it, Yes. I was thinking Ulrich, but that that's Skeet Ulrich, and that's definitely not the right guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit older than him. Yeah, yeah, just, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he was believable as a young solo. Anyway, the, the 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 concept could work. So you've got time between now to uh, to fix up Batgirl, get that out, which opens the door to a Batman franchise with Michael Keaton as the Batman. I'd be into that. Man of Steel two. Again, change out a couple of characters, give him a different actress's Lois Lane, some of that sort of stuff. Black Adam, happy to see that gone. Well, n- not happy, but I don't care. And then, yeah, proceed with there. Shazam 3, a couple of Batman films, and explore The Flash a bit more. The Flash hasn't really had a, had time for their own space. We talked about Henry Cavill's Superman not being given his own, like not given enough room to breathe. I don't feel like the Flash has had enough room to breathe either. And uh, poor old Cyborg, he got nothing, but I really don't see him coming back. But yeah, I'd be exploring Batgirl and as a way to get to Michael Keaton's Batman and going through that. Shazam 3 and some Flash movies. My friend, you've been incredible as far as your envisioning of a new DCEU. We'll see how it compares to the actual new re-envisioning of DCEU by James Gunn coming up here before the end of the month. Well, at least we're going to get a taste of what the beginning of it was supposed to look like for 2024 and beyond. But before we head on out, my friend, I am going onto the the chair. I'm leaning back on the couch. I'm here to see my barbecue therapist, doctor of barbecue. Remember I put the oven there. That is doctor <laughs> of barbecue, Ben Arno from the Smoking Hot Confessions. I've got a party coming up for Super Bowl. Let's just say I do. And I know one of the things I would love to do is a really, really delicious brisket. And as the master of all things barbecue at Smoking Hot Confessions, tell me, your advice, doctor, of barbecue, exactly how to get that brisket done. Well, it's it's taken me almost an hour, but I did just remember that guy's name. Ray Lampy is 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 Doctor Barbecue, based out of Florida. Okay. All right, so I'm. But I'm you're Doctor of Barbecue, so he didn't trademark the of. <laughs> well, well, we'll see about that. I'm expecting an email shortly. The uh, no, he's actually lovely. Ray's a great guy. Okay, so do you want to get into cooking a brisket or something to do with a cooked brisket that would be good for Super Bowl? What would your suggestion be? 
Well, you're really spoiled for choice over there in the States. Um, first of all, your brisket prices are fantastic. Um, we haven't eaten brisket in over a year here uh, in Australia because brisket prices are wild at the moment. I can't get a brisket big enough for me to be able to get a decent slice out of for less than $200 at the moment over here. It is Yikes. insane. Absolutely insane. When I first got into barbecue, it was 50 to $60 for an entire brisket. Now you're talking 200 to 250 So Ouch. it's ridiculous. However, cook it if you want to cook it. I recommend the, the boating method. So 275 on a smoker, 275 Fahrenheit, the, uh, the ambient temperature. Smoke it for about three to four hours because meat doesn't take on smoke after about three or four hours. So put it on your smoker. Some post oak would be good if you've got access to that. A lot of people like hickory. I'm not a big fan of, of, of hickory. Uh, I prefer just a bit of oak. Some darker fruit wood actually goes really well with red meat as well. So your beef ribs or your brisket. So something like a plum or a cherry wood. Now, that's not so much going to change the flavor that much. But what it does is it darkens the smoke ring around the outside. So where the outer edges of the meat, where that interacts with the different... Uh, the different chemicals and things in the smoke. And it, it, that's what gives you that pink ring around the outside. It's like that, that ribbon. So we, we just call it the smoke ring. And people unfamiliar with barbecue, they go, oh my God, it's pink. We, we can't eat that. No, that's, that's just a chemical reaction. And so in competition, you actually want that really beautiful, deep, dark contrast purple, like mm -hmm. pink, almost purple. So cherry wood or plum is going to help really nicely with that. So after about three or four hours, you're going to be close to about 165 Fahrenheit internal temperature of the brisket. So you're going to need to get uh, an instant read probe. It's going to look basically like a pen with a needle on the end and you shove it in and it's got a digital gauge on the other end. And it's going to tell you the internal temperature of the meat. At that point, you're going to hit what we call the stall. Now, the stall is the point where until that point, the meat's been gradually rising in temperature and then it just sort of stops It plateaus. And so what you want to do then is you want to either wrap it in foil or butcher's paper or something that's another really good uh, way of doing it is to do what's called boating. So you get a couple of sheets of foil and you lay the brisket on that and you just fold the foil up and make like a, like a kid basically trying to make like a little foil boat to float down a creek. And you're going to make that and sort of leave the brisket open. But so it's catching the juices at the bottom and the juices aren't evaporating away. So the meat's not going to, uh, dry out, but you're not going to lose that crispy, crunchy bark on the top edge where you've put all your seasonings or your, your uh, hand crushed pepper and salt and all that sort of stuff. Um, so you can do that that way. And that's going to then take another you know, five or six hours, something like that. And then you get your finished brisket. And if we're talking about a whole pack of cut brisket, you're going to have two muscles in there. You're going to have the point and the flat. Now, the point is the is the part that's got more intramuscular fat in it. That's the juicy part. That's when you when you go to your um, you know to your Franklins in in Austin, for example, everybody wants the point. And uh, the other end is the flat. And so if you're on a bit of a diet and you're looking for something leaner, you get the flat. Now, if you're talking about Super Bowl, this is the good part. You want to grab a piece of flat because there's a bit less fat on that. And what you can do with that is you can actually crumble that up. So something that we like to do here is we'll get some big sheets of foil and we'll cover the coffee table with some big sheets of foil mm -hmm. and we'll open some uh, bags of uh, corn chips and just dump them onto the foil on the coffee table. And you get some slices of flat, which are usually the ones that are, you know, less people are interested in them because they're a bit drier and a bit... Um, if you take them too far, it can get a bit crumbly, which people don't like unless you're going to take those slices and you're going to crumble them all up quite finely and you're going to crumble them all over the top of the uh, corn chips while it's still hot. It's got to be hot because then you want to put on some cheese, you want to put on some salsa, you want to put on some guacamole, whatever you like to put on your nachos, and then you're going to have crumbled brisket nachos right on your coffee table while you're watching the Super Bowl. And i got to tell you, there's nothing quite more satisfying than sitting there in front of your big screen with an entire coffee table just full of nachos. That's amazing. 
How's Absolutely that? amazing. You've done it again, doctor. Thank you. You've written a great prescription. You've saved another patient from a stressful barbecue. It has been Arno from the Smoking Hot Confessions. You've done it again, my friend. Not only have you gone into depths on the DCU and how you envision it, plus also what is also being envisioned and what being worked on at the present time, but how you see it and how you would love to see it going forward. But also as well, some great advice on briskets for your upcoming playoff games and of course the Super Bowl indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, wanted to go ahead and give you the floor on Smoking Hot Confessions. If you are a individual out there that's looking for better recipes, better ideas, some really good ways to go ahead and cook for your next barbecue, tell us why they need to go ahead and head over to the Smoking Hot Confessions. Mate, as you mentioned earlier, we um, we are redirecting our efforts into our YouTube channel at the moment. So we met through podcasting, through the Barbecue Podcast and the different podcasting groups. And over the years, we've, we've built our following that way. And we recently surveyed our Facebook group, nearly 5,000 people in the, in the Facebook group there from all over the world. And um, we said, what content do you want more? Do you want to see me do more cooking or do you want to see or hear more podcasts? Because like yourself, I'm a hardworking man. I've still got a full-time job on top of all this running around the world, barbecuing, all that sort of stuff. And they resoundingly said tenfold, they want to see me cook more recipes. So if you want to check it out, we've got a bunch of recipes already up. They're over on YouTube. The channel is growing quickly at the moment. So go on, jump on board, give us a subscribe. That'd be fantastic. The latest recipe we just put up uh, about two weeks ago is crispy smoked buffalo wings, which was my other choice for talking to you about Super Bowl food. Mm. Uh, and it's basically, it's how to create crispy buffalo wings without a deep fryer. We mentioned that the flat is a bit healthier than the point, obviously. Crispy chicken wings that you can do without a fryer are going to be healthier for you as well. Exactly. So um, they are absolutely delicious and so simple to do. That's the latest video up over there on YouTube. So head on over there, check that out. We're Smoking Hot Confessions over there. Give us a subscribe and uh, make sure you let us know in the comments of those videos what you'd like to see in other recipe videos upcoming. Once again, a Smoking Hot Confessions, not only all over social media, but please go ahead and subscribe and check out the latest video today, especially talking about a better way to do wings, a healthier way to do wings. That's right there and available at Smoking Hot Confessions on YouTube plus SmokingHotConfessions.com. The podcasts are still there, still plenty available for you to go ahead and check out. The group Smoking Hot Confessions is a tremendous group. Every time I see you post something, it's like everybody in the comments has to post what they're cooking as well, which makes it a tremendous community pleasure for you running Smoking Hot Confessions. Oh, mate, just, just being in that group is so inspirational for me. And I started the group. So seeing, so seeing what everybody else is cooking as well, I see that I go, ooh, yeah, I want to try that. Yeah, I like that. I want to do that as well. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's a great group. And it's, um, it's a really friendly corner of the internet. So, uh, you know, we, we welcome people of, of all genders, all nationalities. We don't care. We don't even care if you cook on a gas grill. Uh, that's how open we are. So, <laughs> so come along and join us. Yeah, Facebook, Smoking on Confessions Barbecue Community. Absolutely. One of the best places to go. The whole universe that's there for you waiting, taste buds included. You will be hungry after you go ahead and check out Smoking Hot Confessions on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, and especially on social media as well. But Ben Arnault, as always, you rocked it, my friend. Tremendous as always. I cannot wait until we meet again, my friend, to talk more pop culture, more great barbecuing. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Ooh, how good would it be to see Deadpool kill the Snyderverse? How cool that would, would be, that be? <laughs> that, that would be worthy of, of what pop culture fans all over would love to see a fitting end to the Snyderverse. I'm not sure Zach would like it, but then again, it's no longer his problem. No, I think he's got millions of reasons to look in another direction over at Netflix. Absolutely, indeed. Ben, it's been great having you on the show. Looking forward to getting you back on again as soon as you can, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.